Hallelujah. Come on, give that praise to the Lord if you don't mind. He is worthy of our praise. He's worthy of our praise. We, he deserves the glory. He deserves the honor. Hallelujah. As we sang that song earlier, one thing I, I first off, I give honor to your amazing pastor. Don't you have an amazing pastor, Harry? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's an amazing man of God, and I don't take this opportunity, this open door lightly. I'm very honored to be here, and I give honor to your pastor once again. In the song we were singing earlier, you can be seated. Thank you for standing. I can't say, I'm just going to get right into it, but I can't say I've, I've come with some masterpiece of a sermon. I can't say I've come with some message that you'd hear in any ordinary Sunday or Wednesday, but I can say I've come with direction from the Lord, and I can say I've come with the word from God. I may not have some three-point sermon, sermon, but I do know what the Lord has spoken to me in direction for this service. Thank you, Holy Ghost. This yesterday, one one thing about preachers that I that I take into notice whenever someone's preaching, I like to see how they how they operate and how they convey their words and who they are behind a pulpit. And and one characteristic that a preacher might convey behind a pulpit is that he's real. And that he he's transparent and he doesn't put on some facade, he doesn't put on a mask whenever he gets behind a microphone. But he's real, and as your pastor said, he speaks what thus saith the Lord. So today I'm gonna do my best to do that. I'm gonna try to convey myself in that type of manner to you. So if we can all raise our hands right now, we're just going to make sure our hearts are ready and our spirits are in alignment with the Lord. Lord God, let your will be done in this service today, Holy Ghost. Have your will today, God. We come before you in all humility. God, we pray our agenda and our will and our plan walks out that door right now, God, and your will takes place. Lord, let the Holy Ghost flow. God, speak to us, God. Let our hearts be ready in the name of Jesus. If you know how to pray in the Spirit, pray in the Spirit for a few more moments. I need some intercessors to be activated right now. I need some seasoned elders to pray in the Spirit. I need some young Bible quizzers to speak in the Spirit and to quote Scripture. Thank you, Holy Ghost. You can be seated. So, as I made the statements before, I'm just going to be honest and transparent and as real as possible today. Yesterday, I was preparing. I, first off, I came home Friday night. I was in Stockton, California for Sister Joy Haney's funeral. An amazing woman of God, legend to Pentecost, an apostolic pioneer. And so I arrived Friday night. And I studied all day yesterday for, for service. And I, and I went to bed last night having a sermon, having a multiple point sermon. Like, Lord, I'm ready. I'm ready to just speak your word, what you've given me. But this morning, it was a different story. This morning, I woke up with nothing on my mind. I, this morning, I woke up with no sermon. This morning, I woke up with no masterpiece of a message. But I did wake up feeling things in the spirit and feeling emotions. So one thing, one, one way that the Lord speaks to me and regarding direction for how a service might go is I'd, I'd, feel, I'd feel certain emotions up until I preach. So I'll, I'll feel emotions of, of happiness, of joy, of insecurity, of sadness. And that's, and that's how I know what the church and what, what different saints in the church are dealing with and, and feeling within themselves. And so obviously we know that certain emotions aren't good. We know that certain emotions aren't, aren't meant to be in the house of God. And this morning, I woke up with a heaviness, just a true heaviness of insecurity. And so today, I'm going to do my best. And I may be speaking to me. I may be speaking to one person or to everyone under the sound of my voice. But before this service is over, each and every single person that has been dealing with insecurity is going to walk out free. Each and every person that's been dealing with insecurity and has been under bondage from the enemy is going to walk out free. He's going to walk out chains loose. He's going to walk out a new man. Just as an inmate gets released from prison, you're going to walk out a new person today. Hallelujah. 
In that last song, it says your goodness was running after me. One characteristic about God is we don't have to chase him. We don't have to chase the blood of Jesus. We don't have to chase the mercy of our Christ. We don't have to chase love and kindness from God. It comes to us. It's born inside of us. Each and every one of us are born in the likeness and in the image of God. Meaning that even though you don't have the Holy Ghost, Christ is still within you because you are his creation. And so even if you don't have the Holy Ghost, believe it or not, you still have Jesus living inside you. Because he is your father and you have his DNA within you. So his mercy runs after us. We don't have to chase for the blood that was shed because it was shed for us. We don't have to chase after the blood. The blood comes to us. So we need to, one, one, one point we need to realize is that we don't, we, we have to do certain things, but we don't need to try. We don't need to earn the love of Christ. We don't need to earn the mercy of Christ. We do our own part to, to get to salvation and to get to eternity, but we don't have to run after the mercy and love of God. We, we, are, we are the sons and daughters of God. In Judges 6.11 it reads, and there came an angel of the Lord and sat under the oak, which is an Ophrah, that pertained unto Joash the Abizrite, and his son Gideon threshed wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Gideonites. So what, what's happening in, in Judges 6 right now is it says in the first verse that the children of Israel have done evil in the sight of the Lord. And so they are obviously not living in the direct will of God because it says they've done evil in the sight of the Lord. And so they are under the current affliction of the Midianites. And if you read down in those scriptures, it says the Midianites have destroyed all of their harvest, all of their crop up, and, up, until, up until one certain city, up until Gaza. And so we read in, in Judges 6, verse 11, when Gideon had reached Gaz, he goes and threshes the wheat. So he goes and threshes the wheat to hide it from the Midianites because he was scared that the Midianites was going, were going to destroy their crops as they did in all the cities before. So Gideon hid the harvest, but today I'm going to talk about hiding in the harvest. Today I'm going to talk about hiding in the harvest bondage free, chain free, shackle free. Today we're going to experience a breakthrough. Today we're going to experience revival. Today we're going to experience the love of God. So I don't know how long this is going to take. I don't know where we're going to end. But I do know that we're just going to flow and operate in the Holy Ghost. If you want to stand as I preach, that's perfectly fine. If you want to sit, that's fine. But if you help me preach, I assure you we'll get out a little bit sooner. So, so we read a little context right now, as I just said before. The Midianites are chasing the Israelites, and there is a, a affliction that's being casted down towards the Israelites, and they are in the midst of, of battle and, and, and trials, right? But we, we, can, we can see and, and read in between the lines here in Judges 6 verse 11 when it says, Gideon threshed the wheat. This tells us that, way that they were in harvest time. This tells us that they were in the time of harvest because obviously if it wasn't the time of harvest, Gideon wouldn't have been able to thresh the wheat because the wheat wouldn't have been ready to be harvested. But there are, there are certain character, characteristics about wheat that we can see and we can read about that gives us indication that it's harvest time. So, so they're in a harvest time, and there's certain other stories in the Bible that I'm going to speak of today. But, but they're in a harvest time, and they're, they're trying everything they can to hide what belongs to them from their enemies. So, so we, we know that or if, if you study and look in between the lines and study a little bit into what harvest time looks like for wheat, for the wheat grain, there was a barley harvest and then there was a wheat harvest. The barley harvest was out of the first few months of the year. And it, it was a harvest that wasn't meant to sustain the Israelites. It was a harvest that, if you look into it, before every major battle, before every major trial that the Israelites would go through, they would first enter into a barley harvest. And so the barley harvest wasn't meant to sustain the Israelites. 
And so there's a time from the barley harvest to the wheat harvest. And what the barley harvest did, what the barley harvest did for the Israelites, it didn't sustain them. It just provided them just enough to get through. It wasn't meant for the rich in body. It wasn't meant for the rich in society, but it was meant for, for the poor, for the, for the low income, just enough to get through. But we're not going to be talking about the barley harvest because times in this church for the barley harvest are gone. We're going to talk about the wheat harvest today. The wheat harvest was a harvest that sustained you all year long. The wheat harvest was, was a harvest that sustained you from when it started one year till it started the next year, till it ended the next year, and so on and so forth. It was a harvest of sustainment and, and, and security. And so Gideon and the Israelites, they were in the middle of the wheat harvest as they were under affliction. But we read that the Israelites were running because they, they were weak because all their crops were destroyed. So it says they were weak in body. And so today I'm going to talk about opening our spiritual eyes, okay? We're going to talk about opening our spiritual eyes, and we're going to be talking about the God of the breakthrough. And then deliverance, and after that's spoken of, we're going to experience deliverance in the God, and God is going to equip some of us today. I, I, I'm not speaking from my own knowledge, from my own capability, because frankly or not, I just got my SAT scores back, and I was pretty shocked. I don't have that much knowledge of my own. So keep in mind that this is all coming from the Lord. I've, I've, I've done my duty, and so God is going to speak to us today. So just bear with me for a few more moments. So as, as, we, as we get into today, we're going to first get on the topic of opening our eyes spiritually. I believe that if Gideon would have opened his eyes and really seen the, the time that the Israelites were in, he would have, he and the Israelites wouldn't have been under so much affliction because if they would have just realized that, hey, we're in the wheat harvest. This is the harvest of sustainment. Why don't we take what God has given us, put it within us, and replenish our strength, okay? So as praying for the service, I, 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 it's almost like I saw, I, I, was, I wouldn't call it a vision, but it's almost like I saw and I was, I was directed to a certain moment in time and I know it was it's I'm just going to be transparent as I said before and so just bear with me but it's like I saw this church entering into the wheat harvest on the calendar year and not leaving the wheat harvest and so today we're going to speak on the equipping of the wheat harvest and hiding in the harvest Gideon hid the harvest but we're going to speak on hiding in the harvest so, so we, we, we see here they're, they're in the midst of battle, but Gideon understood that there was a job to be done. And what his job was, he was hiding the harvest. But not only that, more importantly, God directed Gideon to destroy the altar of Baal. And so Gideon went ahead and destroyed the altar of Baal. We'll, we'll talk about that a little more a little bit later. But I'm going to try to be, do my best to be obedient to the Holy Ghost right now. And so I'm first going to talk about insecurities a little bit. And I don't know where that's going to take us, but it's just what I'm going to do, and it's what I feel. Insecurity is something that binds us and keeps us from doing what the direct will of God wants us to do. It's, it's, it's a very, I sad to say this, but it's a common thing amongst people. We, we Insecurity and, and anxiety and, and depression and, and loss and grief are all signs that keep us and distract us from operating in the will of the Holy Ghost. And I don't believe it's God's will that we are bound to certain things that keep us from operating in the will of God and keep us from operating in the Spirit of the Lord. So insecurity is a gripping thing. It is a, it is a thing that you could call a ruler of the night. So we, we know that whenever we have a light and light, comprehends and, and destroys the darkness. And, but when there is no light, that's when the insecurity comes into play. When there is no light, that's when depression comes into play. But we are the one, we are the true rulers of the night. Not insecurity, not any of these emotions from the pit. But we are the rulers of the night. And so today, people are going to be spiritually equipped to combat, to combat insecurities and grief and depression and all those emotions that grip you from operating in the Holy Ghost. You can look at it this way. In Ezekiel 47, there is a, 
a, a vision that Ezekiel has that he writes about in this chapter. And what it is, it says Ezekiel is brought to, to the rivers by a man, an un, unnamed man. And, and Ezekiel says, I was at the rivers, and the rivers were ankle deep. And then Gideon measured out a thousand, or then the man measured out a thousand meters, and then I was knee deep, right? And so then it says the man measured out a thousand more meters, and then I was waist deep. And then he said he measured out once more, and I got so far deep to the point where there were waters that were unswimmable waters. And these waters, you can look at it in our context today, waters of the Holy Ghost, that you get so deep and so lost in the operation of the gifts of the Spirit, and you get so lost in the operation of the Holy Ghost that they are almost unswimmable, that without the help of the God, that loves us, that shed his blood for us on Calvary, we would drown in these waters. I'm talking levels in the Holy Ghost so deep, levels in the kingdom so deep, that the moment you walk past the lost soul, it's like they get filled with the Holy Ghost because your spirit rubs off on them. Because when you're in waters that are not swimmable, that means you are in waters that are so deep and there's currents, and so it just it radiates you and it surrounds you. And so we know that we, we do not live in, you could say, the real world. The real world is the spiritual world, the world that heaven is in, the world that, that angels dwell and reside in. But in the natural world is a reflection of the spiritual world. But that is a different message for a different time. But what I'm trying to say is when we get to the waters that are so deep, like Ezekiel 47 says... Our spirit and our Holy Ghost becomes, it just surrounds us that every time someone walks past us, they feel something. They, they say, what, what's different about him? When people drive past this church, like, wow, what, what was that? I, I just felt something I haven't felt in a while. And so today, we're going to be equipped and God's going to take us into deeper levels of the Holy Ghost that we have never gone before. Because there is a harvest in Palmer, Alaska. And I refuse to say and believe that after this service, Palmer, Alaska isn't just going to be called Palmer, Alaska. But it's going to be called Palmer, the city hungry for God. Palmer, the city hungry for God. That when people go to the city and travel to the city, they become so filled with the Holy Ghost. That it changes their lives. It makes them want to turn away from the drugs. It makes them want to turn away from the pornography. It makes them want to turn away from the alcohol. It makes them want to turn away from all those lifestyles. And live a life according to the word of God. And this church is going to be, I'm just telling you what I saw in the Holy Ghost. This church is going to be a catalyst for revival in this end time harvest. And I have good news for you. The harvest for Palmer Pentecostal Church isn't coming it's already here it's not coming it's already here and he's going to use you and he's going to use you and you in this harvest to go teach a bible study to go save the lost because at the end of the day that is the great commission and that is what we are called to do and that is the most important thing that we can do we can do i'm talking about lifestyle changes not only in, 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 in backsliders' lives and prodigals' lives and, and lost souls' lives, but our own lives. We may think that because we have the Holy Ghost and we're, and we're going to church every Sunday that we're living a good life and holy and separated life and righteous life, and we can be. But there is always room for improvement. There is always types to go deeper. And so this isn't in any of my notes. I didn't plan on saying any of this right now, so I know I'm in the Holy Ghost. We're going to talk about the equipment of the saints today. And I'm going to change it up a little bit. But equipping the saints. Certain things that gets you in the harvest, that gets you so lost in the harvest, you cannot find your way out. But you get to the point where you don't want to find your way out. It's like in a, it's like in a corn maze. You, you get wandering in the corn maze and you try to find the end. But at, sometimes whenever you're just... Just looking and seeking for that way out, you just get lost and you almost get to the point where you give up. Today we're not going to be talking about the end. As I said before, this church is entering into a season of wheat harvest and is never going to leave. It's entering into a season of revival and is never going to leave. And, and so don't, don't just think I'm saying that to get you feeling good, but I'm saying that because that's what the Holy Ghost has prompted me to say. 
Don't think that because I'm young and I'm on fire for God. Don't think I'm saying it for those reasons. But I'm saying that because in prayer and in fasting, that is what I felt strongly. That's all that I felt. And so in Ezekiel 47, Ezekiel is, is brought to these waters, and he's brought to the ankles, and then to the knees, and to the loins, and then he's, then he's brought to waters that were not swimmable. But let's first dive into the waters that were ankle deep. So what that looks like for us, okay, God, I'm coming to service. I'm, I'm going to fast a day a week, okay? You've stretched out. You, one key thing about this verse, when it says in Ezekiel 47, in the man measured out. That word measure, the, the Hebrew and the ed, English etymology of that word measures, measured means to stretch out. So applied to our context, stretching outside of our comfort zone. Stretching for the things that we cannot grasp right now. But stretching for the things that we want and long and hunger for that we do not have right now. That is what gets you to deeper realms of God. That is what gets you to hearing the voice of God is stretching out for his voice, stretching out for his calling. As I said before, there are certain things we are not required to stretch out for, like his love and his mercy and, and his kindness and his grace. That is why insecurity is just simply a distraction and not something of, of real significance. Because once you truly understand the meaning of, meaning of what insecurity is, you understand it is a temporary feeling. But the things of God, they are, they are permanent. Things of God aren't temporary. They don't come and go. Because he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He's the one thing that is consistent. And so once you understand the true meaning of insecurity and what it entitles and, and the, 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 the tactics of insecurity, you truly realize how simple, when I say simple, how small and how little of a problem that is. Now, we can focus on that problem sometimes because either A, we cannot be prayed up enough, or it could be prayed up and it could just be something that the enemy uses. It could be the thorn in the side of our flesh like Paul speaks about. But so how you combat insecurity, and insecurity can't, can't go deeper with you. Insecurity has one constant level. It can't go deeper, it can't go up, it has to stay at one level. That's why you can only feel insecurity at certain times. That's why you can only feel insecurity when you're not around your pastor, you're not around your youth pastor. It can only be one certain level. And so when you stretch out for the things of God, you stretch out and say, Lord, I'm going to fast today this week. That insecurity becomes a little unnoticeable. And you say, Lord, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pair fasting with prayer. Wow, that insecurity is a little higher up. I'm, I'm going a little deeper in Christ. And when you say, I'm going to fast, I'm going to pray, I'm going to study my word and be obedient to my pastor, you get so far deep in a relationship with God that insecurity is, cannot touch you anymore. Because there is a barrier in the spirit that insecurity cannot cross. There has been a line drawn by Jesus when he shed that blood that insecurity and, and depression and grief cannot cross. And so that's why we can, we can be living or we can be shopping in the grocery store and we can walk past someone and you feel such, such a darkness, such, such a pull to, to just grief and depression. It, it, it's because, not that they're worse than you, but it's because they have not reached that level in the spirit yet that those, that those places cannot go past. Do you understand me? So, so we're going to talk about equipping the saints, defeating those insecurities and those griefs. And then hiding in the harvest. So we are commissioned to save the lost and to be examples to the lost. We're, co we're commissioned by God to pull someone out of the graves and out of the grasp of hell into the lost. I've come here today to pull someone out of the grips of insecurity and into freedom. Out of bondage and into revival. Out of depression and into joy. And into love and into peace and kindness. These, are, these emotions are just distractions. We, we can't trust our human emotions, but I, I believe that we can have spiritual emotions. That's just, that may not be true or not, but it's just how I, that's how I look at things. So I notice every time I, become, I get in the spirit, I, I get a little happier. But that's only when I'm in the spirit sometimes. I, I can be happy, say, whenever I, I bought my car, I was happy. 
but I wasn't so giddy over every single day of my life because those emotions come and they go, just like the wind. It listeth where it, listeth where it bloweth. And so it, those, those emotions come and go, but I'm talking about emotions that you can feel every single day, the joy of the Lord. Happiness, joy, love, and kindness that are meant to be reached by his people. And so God is going to take some of you saints to those emotions, to those permanent emotions of happiness, of joy, where you literally cannot feel depression or, or, or insecurities or anxiety ever again because you're so far deep in the spirit, they cannot reach you. So, so today God is going to equip some saints with the tools to go deep, and then he's going to deliver some saints and just take them deeper with him. Because we're getting to a point of end time harvest where there is no more time to mess around. And God's saying, okay, you've been faithful, but now I'm going to take you deeper because I need you. God, that's why we're here. God needs us in this end time harvest. He needs us to go out and reach for lost souls. He needs us to go out and reach for prodigals. He needs us to go out and reach for your loved ones that aren't in truth anymore. That's what he needs from us. That's why we are here. It's why we are breathing the breath that he breathes, that we breathe. He's the giver of life, and so he gives us life to fulfill his commission. So, so talking about, first we're going we're gonna to be obedient to the Holy Ghost, in, and we may just keep the service right here the whole entire time, but some people, I believe, right now are going to be delivered from insecurities and anxiety because that is the number one thing I felt in prayer for the service. So in, in, in a few moments, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna pray the prayer of repentance and get right with God. And he's going to deliver us. But let's talk about just the, the life of living deep with God and, and dwelling in true relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So I'll share a story with you. Some of us, some of us can, some of us in this house right now, all we want is to hear the voice of God. And we haven't heard it in a while. Some of us are in a dry season like the, like the widow at Zarephath that I'll get to later. Some of us are in a dry season. And we cannot hear the voice of God. And I, I, I Lord, help us today. I'm, I'm sorry. It's just, I'm trying to be obedient to the Holy Ghost. But some of us are in a dry season. And we have not been able to hear the voice of the Lord in a while. And it, it's not just for the seasoned saints. It's not just for Pastor Harry. But all of us are meant to hear the voice of God. All of us have the Word. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. All of us have the word. That means all of us are meant to be in true relationship with God. And all of us are meant to hear the voice of God on a regular daily basis. But can, it, it can only come after we die daily, just as Paul said. So I'll, I'll share a story with you. I think last month it was, or two months ago, I think it was last month. I was, all I was wanting, I was, I was truly hungry for hearing the voice of God. And as I said before, I like transparency and preachers being real. So I'm going to be transparent and real with you today. I was hungry to hear the voice of the God. And I, I wasn't hearing the voice of the God like I, the voice of God like I wanted to. And once you hear the voice of God, it's one of those feelings that like, it's such a liberating feeling. It's something that, that we crave. And it's hearing the voice of God is literally an, an addiction, a good addiction. Because once you hear it, you long for it again because that's your God, that's your Father, that's your Creator. When you don't have a Father in the physical and in the natural, He's your Father that provides you love like no earthly father could. So we have to, before we hear the voice of God, we have to get a true grasp of who God is. He's the giver, He's the provider, He's the sanctifier, and He's the lover of our souls. But so I was seeking for the, for the voice of God to hear His voice. And, and that, that next day, it was, I was, this was a Saturday night or Friday night, and that next day I was, I was very privileged to go preach at a church. And I said, Lord, I'm going to pray all night until I hear your voice. I'm not leaving this house until you speak to me. Because once you get to a point where you're so desperate to hear the voice of God, and some of you are at that point where you're so desperate to get out of the grips of insecurity and not being able to function in everyday life and not being able to function in the workplace, in the school, in the home, not being able to function because you're so insecure of what your spouse, what your friends think of you or what the outside world thinks of you, that you turn to, that you turn to other things that you find temporary peace in. We're going to talk about delivering from those things. Once you get so, so hungry to escape those things, you will literally do anything to get out of that. So I was so hungry to hear the voice of the God, to hear the voice of our God, 
to, so much so that it got to the point where I said, Lord, I'm not leaving until you speak to me. I am not leaving until you speak to me. I don't care. I said this. I said, Lord, I don't care if I miss my service I'm preaching. I am not leaving until you speak to me. Because hearing the voice of you is more important than anything. And so I made up this, this moment and this determination in my mind. And about four to five hours goes by. And then I, I lose. I'm not a person of patience. And so I began to get a little frustrated. And I, I, I prayed this prayer. I said, God, if I were to go to my father or mother and tell them I was starving and I was hungry, they would provide for me because they're my father and that's what, that's what they're due. If I, if I was, my son said, Dad, I'm hungry. He's like, okay, son, what do you want? Let's go get it. He'll, he'd go get it for me. And so I said, God, so much so is you being my heavenly father. If I'm asking to hear your voice, why aren't you speaking to me? And that probably wasn't the best prayer I should have asked or prayed because I, kind of, I, I felt convicted about it later in my spirit. But I asked him that. And sure enough, he spoke to me. He said, if I can't trust you with my word, why do you expect to tr me to trust you with my voice? And so what that is, if you're not studying and living in the word, if you're not purposely stretching out to grow deeper, there is absolutely no way on earth you can es escape the grips of insecurity and hear his voice. So we have to get to a certain point where we just say, I know I'm tired. I know I just got off work. Or I, I know it's early, but Lord, I'll just, I'll just give you. So I'll, I'll give you my time, God. Sure enough, once you start doing that, because I started doing that, you hear the voice of God. And I wasn't badly in security anymore. Before I made up, before I made up in my mind, this, this revelation before I received it, I was one of the most insecure people you would ever meet in your life. I, I, I literally could not function. And now I rarely battle with that anymore. Because that is the power of the word of God. And so God is going to deliver some of you today. In a few more moments, we're going to come and pray. And even if you don't have the Holy Ghost or you're not baptized in Jesus' name, God will deliver you. He will deliver you. Because even if you don't have the Holy Ghost, you are still his child and still his servant. So he will deliver you. And so we're going to go through some, through some steps about that later. But the stretching out, like in Ezekiel, he stretched out for the word of God, and, and, and it came to him. He, he, he stretched out, and what that stretching out will look like for us, what that harvesting of the, of the fields full of golden brown wheat crop will look for us, is, Lord, man, God, I'm, I'm, I'm tired. I just worked my nine to five, sat at a desk all day, or I was on my hands and knees all day. I'm, I'm in the flooring industry, and I, I work from 7 a.m. to 5.30 p.m., and it's a very tiring job. When I get home, I can tell you I don't want to do anything besides eat and sleep. So I understand. I'm not, I'm not just saying this because that's what preachers say, but I truly understand what, that, what this feeling is like. You get home and you say, Lord, I'm just so tired. I've worked all day, and i got to do the same thing tomorrow. I just want to go to bed. But if you just give God five minutes... You get so in love with the Word of God that it returns to 10 minutes. You get so in love with the Word of God that you that, that feeling of tiredness just leaves. And I, I receive energy after I read the Word of God. Because this Word that we have is the living Word of God. Even though this is a physical manifest of the, of the Word of God, it's in us. And so whenever we read its physical version, it's, it's, it's a version that lives inside us, activates, and blooms like a flower. And it, and, it, and it gives us substance, just as the wheat harvest does. And none of this is in my notes, so I know it's in the Holy Ghost, but just bear with me. And so once you just get that realization in your mind, I'm just, I'm just going to, just God, just I'll give you five minutes, fine. And it, 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 it can be a wrestle with God, but once you get to that point and say, God, I'll just give you five minutes. Okay, you, you won that fight tomorrow. Maybe I won't feel as convicted to read my word tomorrow, God. But once you get to that point, okay, God, I'll just give you five minutes. You realize tomorrow, man, I felt so good after I did that. I didn't feel insecurity as much today. God, I'll give you ten minutes today. I'll see how I feel tomorrow. And so that, that's a, it's a constant snowball that keeps on happening. When you stretch outside of the limits of your comfort zone, when you stretch outside of your personal box... And just take a few moments just to give God you. Just, just to give God your time because that is the most valuable thing we have is our time.
in the Word. Once you just give God your time, the thing that you, you cherish most, He replaces it back to you. It, it's a weird concept. That's why I'm not God and He is, because I don't understand it. And so it, it's, he, he replaces it back within you. And then you get to the point where reading your word isn't that hard anymore. You're like, I want to do it. I've been doing it for so long. I felt so good. I'm just going to keep on doing it. And so now you switch out a little farther and you get to the point of the knees. You're like, I'm going to read my word and pair it with a little bit of fasting. You're like, I may fast a meal. I just may fast a day on social media. But once you get to that point of fasting and reading the word, it's one of the most liberating feelings. You slowly start pulling out and, and doing, doing spiritual surgery on yourself and taking out those distractions that have been keeping you from operating in the Holy Ghost. And that have been keeping you from feeling the, these heavenly emotions like happiness, joy, safety, security, not insecurity, but security. And, and like, you, like you're wanted. Once you start reading that word, if you feel, I, I felt like I wasn't wanted because I was so insecure. But that left after I, after I read, read my word. Because I realize those stories, if we, we can turn to right now, and I'll, I'll give you an example. If you go to uh, Judges 6, I believe it's verse 10. Judges 6. So after verse, uh, verse 12, actually, after we read that Gideon is, 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 being, is hiding the, the wheat, the, an angel of the Lord appears to Gideon, and it says, The angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. And Gideon said unto him, O my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befallen us? And where be all the miracles which our father told us of, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord hath forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. 14, and the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent thee? And he said unto him, O my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh. There's insecurity. And I am the least in my family. There's some even more insecurity. And the Lord said unto him, Surely I will be with thee, and thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. Because when you start reading the word and that word becomes activated in you, that insecurity just fades. That distraction just fades and you then do what you are truly called to do. And the Lord said unto him, surely I will be with thee. Surely I will be with you. Surely I will be with you and with you and with you and you and your everyday workspace. And you hear the voice of the Lord more clearly. And you won't battle insecurity and you won't battle fear and, and, and lust and these things that are not of God, these things that pull you away from operating in the Holy Ghost. But that only comes after you stretch just a little bit outside of your comfort zone. That, that only happens after you stretch a little bit outside of your comfort zone and say, okay, God, I'll do what the Word says today. But none of that comes without obeying this Holy Word. And, and, it, and it may seem unfair, but every time I think of how unfair it may seem, I just think of the blood that Christ shed for me on Calvary. I just think of the blood that Christ shed for you on Calvary. If you realize the price that Christ paid, the heavenly Father, the heavenly God that robed himself in flesh. He, I don't think some of us understand that he robed himself in flesh. And this isn't, this isn't some fairy tale or myth. This is something that actually happened. He robed himself in flesh, came down and dwelt among us for 33 years. He, he, he was a carpenter. He robed himself in flesh. And you, if you read medical video, uh, articles, the, the, the um, sacrifice of the cross, it is the most painful death that anyone can go through. And so he, God robed himself in the flesh. He called his name Jesus of Nazareth. That was his name, Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. And he robed himself in flesh and hung on a cross. Not, not, for, not for one person, not just for you, not just for you, but for you and 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 you. He robed himself in the flesh and died for you. And after he did that, he then gave us the ability to, to, to operate in the Holy Ghost and, and to feel love and joy and, and true compassion and true security. 
So this is what Christ did for you. And every time I feel like I can't read my words today, I'm sure Christ said, I don't want to die on the cross. I mean, they're just going to forsake me again. I don't want to die on the cross. But I'm going to read my word. I'm going to be steadfast in my doctrine. I rather operate in the Holy Ghost because the worst day living a life for God is better than your best day living a life in the world. And I know life is so much easier in the world. Life, life may seem so much easier working a nine to five, not having to wake up early for church or go to church Sunday night or Wednesday night when you're tired. And life may seem so much easier. We don't have to worry about that, not worry about paying your tithes, being able to keep all that money. But I've realized every single time I've given to God, he's given back to me tenfold. Every time I've given to God, he's given back to me tenfold. And that's the same with my time, with my love. Every single time I've given my love to God and just sat down and adored him, I felt such true love and joy and compassion like I've never felt before. Because that's what he does. And so the worst day living a life for God is better than your best day living a life in the world. Young person, I don't know who I'm speaking to right now, but if you just give your life to God, even though none of your friends are doing it, even though you may be the popular one in school, even though you may be the only one that's going to wear skirts, even though you may be the only one that's not going to participate in what they're participating in, if you just commit your life to God right now, today, the insecurity that you've been fighting, the, 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 the unlove that you've been fighting, the, the feelings of insecurity that you've been fighting will never come to you again. I'm just telling you what I felt in the Holy Ghost. And I know I'm speaking to someone because if I was, I wouldn't be saying these things. But if you just turn and give your life to God, I don't know if I'm pulling for one person or multiple. But if you just give your life to God, it is the greatest thing in the world. And as Gideon, and as Ezekiel says in Ezekiel 47, he was in waters that were not swimble. Once you commit your life to God, these certain things happen. The, the feelings of, man, I, I, I can do this. Someone actually loves me. Oh my gosh, someone loves me. Who would have thought? I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy, but you think about it and it's what happens. You think someone loves me. I can go work my nine to five, provide for my family, not worry about paying the next paycheck or the bill. Those are what happens when you get so far in to the Holy Ghost. You don't have to worry about things like that. Because those things, those problems are just surface problems. We're not, once you get in love with God in this life we're talking about, those problems don't affect you anymore. Because again, they are constant. They, they, ha, they have that constant line. And once you get to this point, they cannot reach you. And so your problems turn from natural problems to spiritual problems. And your problems turn, how am I going to fill the next blue chair? How am I going to get someone to God? And that's looking through the eyes, that's looking towards the kingdom. That's kingdom work. How am I going to fill this blue chair? How am I going to fill this blue chair? And I, I, I haven't done my math, but I think about it. I believe there are more, there's more people in, in, in Palmer, Alaska, than there are blue chairs in this house. Am, am I wrong or am I right? Okay, so that tells me that if God has commissioned us to save every single lost soul, that means he's going to have to provide a new building for us. I don't know how he's going to do that, but he is. That means he's going to have to provide more people for us to save more souls. That means he's going to have to give me the strength to go keep reaching. Because that's what the word tells us if he does that. And so right now, I'm, I'm not talking about battling insecurity. I'm talking about the harvest that this church is getting ready to face. And I'm coming to a close soon. None of this was in my notes, so, so forgive me if I've bored you. But I know I'm speaking to a few. There is a harvest that Palmer Pentecostal Church is getting ready to enter into. That is like never seen before. It is a wheat harvest that you're never going to have to worry about paying the next church bill, the next building bill. You're never going to have to worry about that because there's going to be so many people in the house of God. It's literally unfathomable. Your whole city, like I said, Palmer, a city hungry after God. Palmer, a city thirsty for the things of God. Palmer, Alaska, from this day forward, is going to be a city that you go to and feel the Holy Ghost. You, people will feel the Holy Ghost in Palmer, Alaska. He's going to use you, and he's going to use you and you. He's going to use you to, 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 to accomplish this harvest. And so these are the promises that God has for each and every single saint in this church.
once your problem, after you've gotten to the point where you, you, it's not hard for you to stretch out for God, your problems become, how am I going to save the next soul? How am I going to fill this blue chair? I've already gotten 20 this year, but I just, I just need one more. In, in the Old Testament tabernacle, there, there were two, two curtains in the, in the tabernacle. You, you walked into the tabernacle, and there was one room, and I can't remember the things that were in this room or what the room was called, but there was one curtain, and this was called the holy place, I believe. And so you passed through the first curtain, entered into the holy place. You passed through the second curtain, entered into the room where the Ark of the Covenant dwells. That's called the Holy of Holies. Only a few select people are entered and are able to get into that place in the Old Testament. Now everyone can. All you have to do is just get down on your knees. All you have to do is just get down on your knees and say, God, I love you. And you feel presence and love and joy and things unspeakable like that like never before. So we don't have to worry about if I'm, if I'm capable or if I'm qualified or if I come from the right home. I can't tell you how many stories there are of ex-inmates and ex-addicts that are experiencing and preaching what I'm preaching to you today. So it's not just for the person that's been raised in this. It's for the person that's been living on the streets. It's for the person that's been homeless. It, it, it's for everyone. So don't say you are not qualified. Don't say if you're called to be a preacher, my goodness, you're called to be a preacher. If you're called to be a Bible study giver, my goodness, you're called to be a Bible study giver. It's not for those that are sanctified. It's not for those that are, oh, he's so holy. It's for all of us. God has brought me out of so many things. I wasn't always doing what I'm telling you to do right now. I was living in a world full of lust, and I was, I was a hockey player. That's all I wanted to do. But once I felt the goodness of Jesus, once I felt what he did for me and how he means to me, once I felt that, I turned my life around. And I can tell you, from personal experience, the worst day in Christianity is the better than the best day in the world. I'm not just speaking that to you, so hear my heart. I lived it. I lived it. So understand me, I'm not just saying this. And it may seem so hard to fathom what I'm talking about, but it's truly really simple. Because all you got to do is sitting down at your pew and get down on your knees and say a prayer. God, I'm sorry. God, I'm turning my ways to you. That's all you have to do. And then he's going to fill you with his spirit. And watch it. And insecurity disappears. Fear disappears. The fear that makes you cannot get out of bed in the morning that you feel, the fear that you get that feel, makes you feel strapped to your bed disappears. The, 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 the worry and anxiety, man, how am I going to pay this next bill? Disappears. Just like that. Because once you give your life to God, he provides life for you. So you can do his work and not work for yourself. Because you get so far to a point in Christ where you're not working for yourself, but you're working for the kingdom. You may have your 9 to 5 job, but watch raises start coming to you. Watch, watch bonuses start coming to you. It, 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 it's, it's really, it's really happened, and it's really simple to live this life. To live a life where I can work a little easier and get paid a little more. What? Who, who would have thought that? It, it, it starts coming your way. And all you got to do is come down, bow on your knees, and give your life to God. That's all you got to do. And watch the insecurity and that, and that lust and that addiction. Watch your marriage be mended. Watch your relationships be healed. Watch your broken bones be mended back together. It, it, it sounds so, so, so out of this world. But if Jesus can feed what's estimated to be 25,000 with, with like 12 loaves and like two fishes or something like that, I'm sure he can bring you out of the pits and pay for your paycheck. There's so many countless stories. Look it up. There's so many countless stories of People being $102 short on, on their house payment. Like, man, if I don't pay this paycheck today, or this bill today, I'm losing my house. And there, there's a personal story that I'm thinking of. They, they literally found, they were driving on the side of the road, found $300. Separate $100 bills just on the side of the road. And, and it paid for their bill. I mean, crazy stuff like that that only happens when you're living a life for God. We call that favor. We don't call that luck. We don't believe in luck. We believe in favor. And so that's what it happens. And so you stop, you get to the point where you stop worrying about your personal dealings and your personal struggles, and you start worrying about, man, I got to fill this next pew. 
I got to have a new soul sitting here next Sunday. You get to that point where all you want to do is give Bible studies and, and win the lost. Because you want people to feel what you're feeling. So we can all stand right now. We can all stand. And the first thing we're going to do, you, you don't have, you, you, the first thing we're going to do is if you've been dealing with insecurity and you've been dealing with fear, and, and if your men, marriage isn't the healthiest, that's not a problem at all. That is zero problem at all. Jesus' parents got in a fight when they lost him. That that's, happens to all of us. Not to me because I'm not married yet, but that happens to all of us. So your marriage hasn't been the best. You're, you're, you're losing favor with, with, your, with your boss. You, you, you're fearing that you're going to get fired tomorrow. You've got to cut down the jobs. That None of that all disappears. Because that's God's favor. It's God's love that he has for you. So today, this insecurity that you walked in here with, you're going to leave without it. It's going to leave you with an instant. You're going to feel like you're floating in the air. So I, I'm just speaking of what I felt this morning when I woke up and felt that. I could not think of anything. I just, my mind was so, so chaotic. And I was feeling so insecure within myself and so fearful within myself. I could not think and I could not even read the word if I tried to. I was feeling so insecure. And I realized this isn't mine. This is what the people of Palmer Pentecostal Church are facing. And so God has sent this young preacher to deliver some of you to help, to be a mouthpiece for him. So we're first going to deal with that. And then, we're first gonna, then next we're going to make commitments to God. So I want to say, if you've been dealing with these things I'm talking about, insecurity, I want you to come to the front. And I know it's a step of faith. That's embarrassing. I, I don't want to come to the front. But if you've been dealing with these insecurities, if you've been dealing with fear, if you're worried how you're going to pay your next paycheck, I, I, I'll, I'll be the first. I, I want to come to the front. Because I, sometimes I deal with insecurities. So I, I, know, I know it's scary. And you can close your eyes and walk up here. But God will see that act of faith and he's going to deliver you. He will deliver you. It's not an if, when, maybe, but he will right now, right here. Next, I want the people that haven't been feeling those things that have already been previously delivered to come to the front and help pray for those that haven't been delivered yet. I want us all to close our high eyes and raise our hands right now. By the authority and the power of the Word of God, I bind insecurity in the name of Jesus. I bind fear in the name of Jesus. Be delivered. Be set free in the name of Jesus. I am walking out of here with no more fear, with no more pain in my body. I'm walking out of here with my marriage mended. I'm walking out of here with the love of Christ. I'm not walking out of here with insecurity. I'm walking home delivered. I'm going to home delivered and set free.